Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. Acts 1 in verse 8. Of course, this is Dr. Luke writing, and he says, But you shall receive power, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want to preach a message today titled Saucy. Will you say that with me? Saucy. And before I do, once you get your composure, I'd like to pray. Father, we completely, whether we're aware of it or not, we need your Holy Spirit to empower, to feel, to lead, to guide us, to enable us to live the life that you've called us to. And we thank you that because of the cross, there is open door, there is open access for your Holy Spirit to come into our lives, to come into our situations, and for Jesus to be uplifted. Lord, I repent personally and corporately where we have grieved the Holy Spirit of God, where we have pushed aside our awareness and our sensitivity to Him. We ask that You would wash us, that You would find us vessels and lives that are Inviting and open to the precious gift of the Father, the Holy Spirit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, everybody's got their reason for being here today. And uh, I am here, if I can just be honest with you, I'm here just because of this series. (laughs) I'm here today just because this series that we do called Missions March. Not just Missions March, but the theme this year is A18. A18. And when I heard A18, I was like, you got that right, Pastor. You got that right. I love me some A1 sauce. Now, I'm not exactly sure what the 8 stands for, but I just figured it stood for eight bottles of A1 sauce. And ta-da! Did we get it right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're in safe hands with a church community that can count. In fact, even, even Johnny B. Good over here on the electrics getting in on the action. He went from just A1 to now, on his pedal board, A18. Johnny's already in the spirit. 
ready for what we're going to talk about today. But I don't know about you, but I mean, I love me some A1 sauce. I love me some A1 sauce. In fact, I'm one of those that could just take a little swig here or there. Oh, yeah. Y'all acting like y'all don't love some A1 sauce. I mean, that does the body good. I love A1 sauce. But if you if you if you are like me, no, that won't happen. If you are like me, you probably know what keeps me from walking around my ha- house with just a little swig of A1 sauce here and there. And that's because it's cost. It's not, it's not stomach problems or anything that keeps me from swigging A1 sauce in the house. The reason that I don't walk around just drinking A1 sauce is because it is expensive. For sauce, A1 sauce is expensive. Someone say expensive. Now, if you're uninformed about A1 sauce, we're really trying to serve you today to get you on board. Now, I don't have stock or investment or anything in it, but if you're uninformed about A1 sauce, A1 sauce is primarily said to be for meat. In fact, it says right here, for steak, pork, and chicken. Now, the fact that I have been known to put it on much more, that's for another day. Mashed potatoes, rice pilaf, fries. casseroles, hash browns, eggs, oh yeah, but A1 sauce is for meat, and it's for all meat, see when you think of A1 sauce, it's not just costly and it's not just expensive, but it's for meat, it's for all meat, and I've found it's not just costly and it's not just expensive and it's not just for all meat, but I found it's for all my children. In fact, even though it's expensive, when the A1 bottle comes out in my house, all of my children want some. And I have run out of excuses and sufficient reasons of why they can't have it. They know now that when I'm resistant to it, it's because it's costly, (laughs) Uh, They have caught on. There's times I've just, you know, took the remnants of the old bottle, put a little water in it, shake it up a little bit. That's the kid's portion. But I, I have ran out of valid excuses of why it's not for all children. So listen, it is costly. It's for all meat. It's for all children. And when I thought about that, I thought that sounds exactly like the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you hear the phrase, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you might ask the question, where does that phrase come from? I want to read to you where it comes from, one place. 
in Acts chapter 1, in verse 5. In Acts chapter 1, in verse 5. Now, if you have a red-letter Bible, meaning if you have a Bible that highlights actual words that Jesus himself spoke while on earth, this is a red-letter verse. Now, if we are here as a community that are seeking to hear from Jesus, follow Jesus, be conformed to the image of Jesus, if we are truly a community of Jesus followers, then we need to understand Jesus said this. Listen to me, not a denomination, not someone that came up with an idea one day. Jesus said this, and he said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Notice that phrase, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is very costly. It is available for all flesh and it is for all the children of God. You say, what is the cost, Pastor Chad, for the baptism with the Holy Spirit? The cost is Jesus' life. The cost is the blood of Jesus. The cost is Jesus being pierced and hung between heaven and earth and the giving of his life and the shedding of his blood. That is the cost for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's very costly. It costs Jesus' life. It is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that is the cost for this baptism with the Holy Spirit. And it is very costly. The precious blood of Jesus, the sinless Son of God giving His life so that the baptism with the Holy Spirit could be for all flesh. See, it's for all of our flesh. Listen, it's for all of our humanity. It's for all of the natural person or the natural man. The reason the baptism with the Holy Spirit is for all flesh, it's so that we can experience and encounter the supernatural. See, when you hear the word supernatural, you got to understand that the natural is still involved. But it's that something has now came on the natural and where we're, it's no longer just a natural experience or a natural person or a natural man. It's now a supernatural experience. It's now a supernatural person. It's now a supernatural woman or a supernatural man. And so the baptism with the Holy Spirit is for all flesh. It's for all the areas of the natural person. It's to come upon our personality. It's to come upon our God-given talents. It's to come upon our natural resources. That for all of the fleshly human competencies and human abilities, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is for all. For all of those things. In fact, you see this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 16. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up to explain what people have just saw and heard and observed with their own ears and eyes. And he says, 
But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Notice he says that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. That's what God says. He prophesied it. He declared it hundreds and hundreds of years in advance to the prophet Joel. Peter says on the day of Pentecost, this is the fulfillment of it. But notice it's for all flesh. It's for all flesh. It's for the Jew and the Gentile. It's for the black and the white. It's for the white and the brown. It is for all flesh. Not only is the baptism with the Holy Spirit costly because it costs the very giving of Jesus' life and blood. And not only is it for all flesh, but it's also for all the children of God. In fact, in Acts 1 and verse 4, as the 11 and, and the disciples who later would wait in the upper room, they are assembled together and Jesus comes to them. And in Acts 1 and 4 it says, And being assembled together with them, He, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the, watch this, the promise of the Father. Which he said, notice that, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Notice what Jesus called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. He called it the promise of the Father. And because it's the promise of the Father, it's for all the children of God. It's for all of those that have been redeemed and regenerated and re reconciled to their Creator God through faith in Jesus Christ. It is for all the children of God. It is costly. It's for all flesh. It's for all the born-again children of God. And like A1 makes all meat taste better, at least to me, the Holy Spirit coming upon your flesh and coming upon your life will cause your life to taste better to God and to man. It's, it's increasing. It's taking your favor with God and man to another level. Jesus increased in wisdom, but when, as we'll see, the Holy Spirit came upon him after his water baptism, it took his experience of favor with God and man to a whole nother level. And see, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is like the A1 sauce of God's kingdom. It is like the A1 sauce of God's kingdom that allows your life and my life and, and us as a community of followers of God, it allows our life to taste better to those around us. It is the sauce of the kingdom of God. And because it's the sauce of the kingdom of God, that's why I say today, let's get saucy. Let's get saucy. Because there is, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing evil, there's nothing negative that's going to come in your life when you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to flow and empower and you prioritize the person of God, the person of God, the Holy Spirit. Our remaining time together, I want to look at three relevant questions regarding the Holy Spirit. 
regarding the secret sauce of the kingdom and missions. You know, maybe you have family recipes or you have restaurants that you really like one, uh, one you know, thing on their menu, one item, and you've asked, what is that? You can't really figure out the complete ingredients in there, but it just, at that restaurant, that item just stands out from the rest. Well, that's what the baptism with the Holy Spirit does for believers. That's what the baptism with the Holy Spirit does for extending the kingdom of God and for missions. It's the secret sauce. It's the ingredient on why some people are able to be used by God in certain ways and others aren't. It is the difference. The difference maker in the kingdom of God is that you got some believers who understand they need to get saucy. And there are other believers who think that they can depend on their own ability and they can cause the natural to become the supernatural. Don't work like that. If all you depend upon is the natural, you just get the natural. But there has to be some sauce of God, the Spirit of God come upon our natural before our lives become supernatural, before our witness becomes supernatural. See, you're going to understand, it's one thing to talk about God and just your natural ability. It's another thing to talk about God saucy with the supernatural help of the Holy Spirit, with the unction and the anointing and the empowerment of Almighty God, that the light of God comes upon us it's different when we get saucy Churches are different when they get saucy Marriages that are empowered by God's spirit Are different when they get saucy Parenting is different when you get saucy The Holy Spirit is called by Jesus The helper for your natural life It's the secret sauce The first question you see there on the card number one is pertaining to what question mark? When you think about getting saucy and you think about this secret sauce of the kingdom, when you think about being baptized with the Spirit, you have to ask yourself, what does the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it pertains to what? Well, look at Acts chapter 1 beginning of verse 1. Dr. Luke says, the former account I made, the former account is the gospel of Luke. He wrote the gospel, Luke, to a dear friend of his called Theophilus. And here he writes a follow-up letter called the book of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit uh, would, would be a better understanding. And he says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible, undisputable proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things, watch this, pertaining to the kingdom of God. When you think about the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and you think about what does it pertain to? Notice, it's pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now you understand why there's so much 
controversy behind it. Now you understand why the devil wants to get so involved in it. Now you understand why the devil wants to create so much confusion about it. Now you understand why religion and religious and religious spirits despise it because religion is about building the kingdom of man. Religion is about building the kingdom of personalities. Religion's about building kingdoms of control. But the baptism with the Holy Spirit is pertaining to the kingdom of God. See, if you want to build your kingdom, then just depend on your natural abilities. If you want to build your kingdom, then just depend on your natural personality even given to you by God. But if you want to see the kingdom of God be built in you and through you, then you got to have the secret A1 sauce of God's kingdom. You have to be baptized and empowered with the Holy Spirit. It's pertaining to the kingdom of God. You say, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where the rule of God is enforced on the earth and in a situation. This is why Jesus taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let God's will as it's in heaven. There's no resistance to His will in heaven. The first moment there was ever resistance, God threw out Lucifer. Heaven's not set up where there can be resistance to the will of God. But earth is set up where there can be. So Jesus taught us to pray. Pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in earthly situations, in earthly marriages, in earthly opportunities as it is in heaven. Let the rule of God, let the will of God come into, break into our existence. Now, for Westerners that lives in a prosperous nation, you see why we are vulnerable to despise the secret sauce of God's kingdom. Because we have it very good, friends. Come on, let's be honest. We have it very good. We have an economy where if, if you want to use your talents and seek to you know, start a business or work hard, there's opportunities all around in our country to work. We have it very good. So it's easy. To forget that but when it comes to the kingdom of God, we need the supernatural empowerment of God's Spirit. In fact, in Acts 1 and verse 4, it says, so we continue from verse 3 and verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, Therefore, watch this, when they, the disciples and the apostles, had come together, they asked him, Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Now watch this. Jesus mentions that they are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a couple of days. And as he's talking to them about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, instantly, what does their mind go to? The kingdom of God. Why? 
because the disciples have been taught by Jesus. The disciples have been following Jesus, and Jesus has been talking and teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And the disciples and the apostles understand that the baptism with the Holy Spirit pertains to being empowered to cause the rule of God and the kingdom of God to break into circumstances and natural relationships and events. They instantly know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is connected to the kingdom of God. What they failed to understand is they thought it was only for Israel. And they didn't understand that through the new covenant, God was doing what was kept as a mystery that now whether you're Jew or Gentile or male or female, that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is for all the children of God. So notice, the disciples being taught by Jesus, as they're listening to Him, they understand that the baptism with the Holy Spirit connects with the kingdom of God. However, what they failed to have understanding on at this point in their relationship with the Lord is how the kingdom of God was now in a new period, a new age, after Jesus' resurrection, and they got it wrong in their thinking that the kingdom of God was only restricted to Israel. Now, what does that mean for you and I? Because some of you have been around the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been in churches that honor God, the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been in churches that communicate the value and the importance of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. But some of you are like the, dis- the disciples and the apostles and you still get it wrong. You think it's for the, on- the one that has the microphone. You think it's for only those who are on the stage. And you need to understand, no, no, no. It's not just for like the, the uh, apostles thought it was just for Israel, but it wasn't. It's not just for who we call pastors or ministers. It's for all the children of God. We are all ministers of Jesus Christ. We are all now priests, part of the priesthood, as children of God. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. It's for all flesh. It's for all the children. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit pertaining to what? Question mark. The kingdom of God to the mission of God, God's kingdom breaking in and making crooked places straight and bringing down high places that oppose God and His goodness to cause them to be demolished and pulled down and places and valleys of depression and oppression and self-hatred and self-wrath and inferiority and insecurity, those valleys being brought up. This is pertaining to the kingdom of God. But also it's pertaining to the anointing. Maybe you've heard people talk about the anointing and you never knew what it was. In fact, fear not. We're not going to get so saucy today that I'm going to anoint you with A1 sauce. We're not not going that wild. (laughs) But maybe you've heard the term anointing and you weren't clear on what that is or what that means. Well, in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21, it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. This is water baptism. They went out to John the Baptist. 
And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him. Notice that. In bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Then you continue reading in Luke 4 and verse 14. It says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Do you know the only thing that happened between what we just read there in Luke 3 and what we're reading now in Luke 4 is him going into the wilderness and praying and fasting for 40 days and overcoming in the Spirit the devil, his temptations. And then in verse 14, he returns out of the wilderness, out of the time of separation of prayer and fasting and overcoming the temptations and the attacks of the enemy in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Verse 17. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. That place is Isaiah 61. And then he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, when did it come upon him? Well, Luke just told us in Luke 3. After he was water baptism, he came up praying. The Holy Spirit descended on him. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Notice Jesus says the Spirit coming upon him is because now God has anointed him. For what? Watch this. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now notice, we're not talking about just giving out a track. We're not talking about just inviting someone to a gathering. We're not talking about just sitting down and reading Scripture with someone. This is the difference that the sauce of the kingdom of God makes. The difference is, is now he is anointed and empowered not just to witness and testify about God in his kingdom and the natural. Now he is endued by the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, to witness and testify supernaturally that the kingdom of God is at hand. See, you and I naturally can't heal someone's broken heart. You and I naturally can't heal someone's Uh, grief you and I can't naturally heal someone's inferiority complex and self-hatred that is the root of their depression you and I can't heal someone from bondage and blinders that keeps them from seeing that God actually loves them and cares for them you and I can't deliver someone from from, uh, their blindness physically or spiritually He says in verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, watch this, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. So the baptism with the Holy Spirit pertains to the anointing of God. And this is why Jesus' teaching, listen, had supernatural authority. It wasn't just 
a natural teaching. It wasn't just a natural talk. I don't give talks called to what I'm called to. I don't give talks. I'm called to supernaturally depend on the Holy Spirit to preach the reality of God's kingdom and Jesus is Lord over everything. Listen, he had supernatural authority on his teaching. Why? Because he was anointed to teach. Listen, anybody can teach. We got school teachers that can teach. We got professors in universities that can teach and they're God-haters, some of them. They're God-despisers, some of them. So it's not the teaching that's supernatural. We can all teach, but when anointing comes upon to teach, now the teaching is supernatural. There's more happening than just the words that's being said. There is the weight of God's heart and will behind the words because the Holy Spirit had come upon him. And this is why you keep reading in Luke 4, 22. Notice what it says. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Words that were empowered, had the grace of God upon them. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Notice where they went to. They went back to the natural. Is Jesus not just Joseph's son? They're looking at him in the natural and they're trying to figure out why it's just not natural teaching. Because he's got the secret sauce of the kingdom of God. He's got the anointing upon him and upon his teaching. And look at Luke 4.32, it says... And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. He wasn't up there just giving talks about this might be a good little idea and you know you might want to try this or have you ever thought about this? No, no, listen. His words had the authority that this is the fact of what it is. It testified to the reality of who God the Father was in his kingdom. Because the anointing equals authority. Listen, not just sounding confident. Our politicians could learn that. It's not just sounding confident that makes you have authority. The real authority is it comes from the anointing of God. The anointing of God. So the Holy Spirit baptism pertains to what? The kingdom of God. The anointing of God. And guess what the anointing leads to? Not just authority and teaching, but also supernatural manifestations. Supernatural manifestations. In fact, look at this, Luke 4 and 39. Luke 4 and 39. So he, Jesus, stood over her. Now this is, look, this is Luke 4. This is right after what we just read. Immediately things start happening. He stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. Now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, watch this, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. 
supernatural manifestations have just been t- taking place. He's casting out demon spirits. You say, well, I'm a believer and I don't believe in that. Well, what kind of believer are you? Not a Bible-believing believer. This is, this is Bible 101 right here. We're still at Luke 4. Luke's got a lot more chapters to go. <laughs> Jesus is casting out demons. He's healing sicknesses. He's laying his hands and releasing what's on him, the anointing upon others. The rule of God is breaking into people's pain. The rule of God is breaking into people's sorrow. The rule of God is breaking into people's difficult difficulties in life. And then he summarizes what we just read as, I must go to other cities because I must preach the kingdom of God. Notice he summarizes this as preaching the kingdom of God because he ties the anointing of the Holy Spirit, his authority to teach, and the supernatural works to the kingdom of God and him preaching or manifesting and declaring that, listen, the rule of God is at hand. That where the enemy and life has came to rule in your life, where sin has came to try to rule in your life, now the kingdom of God is at hand. Now you can experience a different king. You can experience, in a sense, a different world. You can experience a new life. You can experience a new heart. Where before it was sin, it was Satan, causing our pain. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But the kingdom of God comes to give us life, to give us life more abundantly, to give us freedom. So number one, pertaining to what? Pertaining to the A1 sauce of the kingdom of God. Pertaining to the empowerment to extend the kingdom of God supernaturally. And then number two, through the Holy Spirit, question mark. Through the Holy Spirit, question mark. Notice in Acts 1 and verse 1, it said, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Notice that. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, gave commandments. Moses gave commandments through the law written on stones. Jesus gave commandments through the Holy Spirit. The insufficiency of the law of Moses that you can read about in the Old Testament scriptures is they could inform you of what to do and what not to do, but they could not provide any help or power to obey or accomplish what they said. You understand that? The law of Moses could tell you what to do and what not to do, but it could not help you or empower you to do what the law said. The sufficiency of the commands of Jesus is that the Holy Spirit is given to provide the help and the empowerment for us to be able to obey and accomplish what He has said. This is why some of you are unable, though you have a desire because you're born again, to live out and walk in and move forward in what God has for you. Because in the New Testament, anything Jesus asks of you 
or commands for you or calls you to. It's through the Holy Spirit the ability and the power is provided for you to walk in it and accomplish it. You know, Paul dealt with this in churches. He, he told the church in Galatia, he said, did you get born again? Did you get your sins forgiven? Did you get a new heart through your humanity, through your natural ability? And he said, if you didn't start in the kingdom of God through the flesh, your own ability, then how in the world are you going to progress and fulfill your purpose in the kingdom of God depending on just the natural? If, if your natural works couldn't save you, then your natural ability isn't enough to extend the kingdom of God that God's called for you. So notice Jesus gives commands, but it's through the Holy Spirit. This is where some of you are at and you're frustrated because you know the Lord spoke to you. You know the Lord promised it to you. You know the Lord showed you what He's called you to and how He wants to use you. But you're frustrated because you're trying to figure out how to get there, how to make it happen. And you got to understand when Jesus shows you something or commands or reveals something to you, it's through the Holy Spirit is how you get there. Through the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was you shall and you shall not. In the New Testament, it's you shall and therefore you shall receive power. (laughs) When the Lord then speaks in the New Testament, He then has the power to enable us to fulfill it. So Jesus gave commandments through the Holy Spirit to the apostles and then the apostles and the prophets through the Holy Spirit gave us New Testament truths. That's why the apostles and prophets wrote the New Testament. Because Jesus gave them commandments through the Holy Spirit, then they, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gave us an understanding of what it looks like to be the children of God we are under the new covenant and what an empowered life looks like. So when I read Scripture and I find I'm falling short of what's in the New Testament, That is just exposing the gap on my dependency and my friendship with the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. When I read the New Testament and I see where I fall short of what God the Father has created us to be and what Jesus the King has called us to be, that's just exposing where I'm not yet yielded or dependent or empowered by God's Spirit because anything in here the Holy Spirit has given to empower us to move towards it. To move towards it. See, the New Testament truths, the New Covenant, it's not like the law. It's not a package system. The New Testament scriptures is what a life following Jesus the King and a life as the child of the Heavenly Father and a life dependent on the Holy Spirit looks like. That's what it is. So the New Testament is, you shall receive power. In fact, Philippians 2 and verse 12. Philippians 2 and verse 12, Paul writes to the church in Philippi and he says, you have obeyed, not as in my presence only. Do you understand this is our heart towards you? I love seeing you here on Sundays. And you should be here. And I love it when you're smiling and you testify what God's doing and Even in difficult times, you're you're holding fast to the Lord. 
But listen, you know what thrills my heart even more? Is you obeying the, the real head of this church, the real Lord of this church, the real king of your life, Jesus, when you're not in my presence. That your home is filled with God's will. That your marriage is encountering God's power. That your business is open to God's leading. That when we leave here, we are empowered people. We are sent people. We are people that are marching on missions. Not just once a month, but every day. But Paul says, listen, you've obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? It means God gave you salvation. That's Christ. He gave you Christ. Christ is our salvation. Now that Christ is in your spirit and you're in union with Him, He who's joined to the Lord is one spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.17. Now allow Christ in your spirit to work out of your spirit and start rearranging your soul. Rearranging your priorities, rearranging your thought processes, rearranging your emotions, rearranging your desires and affections. Because only when that soul gets rearranged by Jesus, does your body and your outward life get rearranged according to the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But here's the key. Watch this. How did they obey whether Paul was there or not? Because it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Woo! The way to obey is to let God work in you, both to will and to, to do. God's not asking you to obey and then leave it up to you in the natural to obey it. Because what we see in the New Testament is a supernatural life. To forgive your enemies is supernatural. To love your spouse when they're not loving you is supernatural. To serve your boss and to do what's best for your company when they never actually have concern about you or care about you, just use you. That's supernatural. We obey because it's God who works in us and through us. Watchman Nee said, The lawgiver has now become the law keeper in your heart. Some of you, why you thought you were going to give up on Christianity or give up on the Jesus life, you weren't giving up on the Jesus life or biblical Christianity. You were giving up on that false kind of Jesus life called religion. You were giving up on that, that, that wrong understanding, thinking that you have to, in the natural, live out what God's called you to be. No, no, no. It's through the Holy Spirit. You're empowered to live out what God's called you to be. In fact, look at Acts 1.8 again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice he says, you shall be witnesses. You shall be. How though? It's through the Holy Spirit. The way for you to be daily, the person God has created you to be through the new birth, is through the Holy Spirit. Notice, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be. 
It's only through the Holy Spirit you can be the mother that God has created you to be. It's only through the Holy Spirit that you can be the husband that God's created you to be. It's only through the Holy Spirit's empowerment that you can be the worker or the boss or the neighbor or the friend that God's created you to be. It's only through the Holy Spirit that we can be. It's only through the Holy Spirit that we can be a supernatural witness that there is a new kind of life available for you, that there is a new kind of experience available for people around us. It's only through the Holy Spirit that we can be a witness. That's why Paul told the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 3, he said, listen, your life is a letter read by all men. See, religion just depends on us going around trying to share words on parchment and black and white and red to people that are lost and blinded and that being sufficient. That's not the New Testament way, friends. The New Testament way is these words, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live it out and be changed by it so that your life becomes a letter that change is possible. That because you used to be uh, you know, dependent on substances, Are you used to be a person enraged by anger? Are you used to be someone who hated life or hated yourself? But now, through the Holy Spirit, you are a witness that change is possible because of Jesus Christ. That because of His blood and because of His death and because of His resurrection, there is a new life available. There is a new experience available. It's only through the Holy Spirit that you be a witness. Your life testifies that Jesus has authority. He has authority when doctors don't. He has authority when others can't. That He is Lord over all hearts. He has the power to change all hearts. So it's through the Holy Spirit that we are able to be in our character and in our life a witness to those around us. It's also through the Holy Spirit that we live on mission. It's through the Holy Spirit that we march on mission in Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Notice that. God's not called us to be a part of something small. It's to have global influence. The kingdom of God is to be extended to every nation. But in Acts 1-9, after he said, uh, when Jesus was talking to them, it says, when he had spoken these things, While they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Here's the disciples and they're just standing gazing up in heaven. Because Jesus has been ascended. How many believers are just caught gazing towards heaven? They're just caught gazing for one day in the sweet by and by. Well, the kingdom of God is contrary to that. The kingdom of God says you don't have to wait till the sweet by and by to experience the joy of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait till the sweet by and by to have the peace that surpasses all understanding flood your soul. You don't have to wait till the sweet by and by to get delivered from oppression and and drug addiction and wrong thinking about yourself and self-wrath and and self-hatred. And You don't have to wait till the sweet by and by. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. Listen, don't be caught gazing when we are commissioned to be going. 
Don't be caught just gazing up there. Oh, it's one day and up there. Don't just be caught gazing. Listen, when you are empowered through the Holy Spirit to be going, to be a witness to others, that change is available, not because of you, not because of me, but because of Jesus. Because of His blood, because His death and resurrection, because His name is above all names, that He has all authority. And then it's through the Holy Spirit that we witness. In Acts 1.8, He said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. It's through the Holy Spirit that we supernaturally witness to the Lordship and Kingdom of Jesus Christ. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, he writes a whole chapter on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. He talks about the ministries of the Lord Jesus like apostle and prophet, evangelist. He talks about the activities of God. He talks about word of knowledge and the gift of faith and gifts of healings and workings of miracles and prophecy and discerning the spirits and tongues and interpretation of tongues. Listen, what is he talking about? He's talking about supernatural things. Why? Because we are not just called now to talk about Jesus naturally like we're in a debate in a classroom at a university. This is not up for debate. Jesus is Lord. He is King. We make a declaration and we witness supernaturally by the authority of Jesus breaking into people's lives and changing things. You can't you can't debate a sinner being saved and changed into a saint you can't debate an alcoholic being delivered and now empowered to love his wife you can't debate someone that hated themselves that now feels confident in Jesus and is willing to serve others you can't debate the power of God that transforms and changes there's no debate that's why we need the sauce of the kingdom. It's not that we're not just talking about things. It's the supernatural witness by the ministry of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is Lord and the kingdom of God is at hand. We've been able to think we could get by in Western Christianity in America for a while, but let me tell you now. That's why there's new attacks. That's why there's new attacks upon pastors and stuff that people haven't dealt with. Say, I've been in ministry because listen to me. We are now in a Western world that is becoming global in the sense in America on worldviews. We now have Wiccans and, and, and more Satanists and we have voodoo. And Michelle and I, we were downtown the other day and, and went by a house and they, they had the voodoo sticks and things out trying to appease the demons this is America now other worldviews are here see and you go talk to brothers and sisters in other nations for years they know the only way to get the attention of lost people around them is you gotta show that show, show that Jesus is greater than the, than the witch doctor right down the street you gotta show that Jesus is greater than the demons that have oppressed their family for generations you gotta show that Jesus is greater than all things and this is where we're at in America now and the way you get people's attention is to be saucy for the kingdom of God be empowered by God's spirit and let the Holy Spirit not just cause you to witness to supernaturally witness you get a word of knowledge about someone you've never met and you begin by the spirit to tell them what happened to them at childhood but that wasn't God who did that that was Satan but now there's a new kingdom because Jesus is at hand and he'll reconcile them to a father that actually loves them and will care for them through Jesus that's a supernatural 
supernatural witness that Jesus is not just way up in heaven, but that He is here and He cares and He loves you and the kingdom of God is at hand. And lastly, when? When you think about the Holy Spirit, it pertains to what? The kingdom of God. The mission of God. When it's through the Holy Spirit, everything God's called us to and asked us to, it's all through the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, when? Question mark. Look at it again, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power. Come on, Tony. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When? When you're born again? No. It's not what it says. You shall receive power when? The Holy Spirit's come upon you. When you're regenerated? No, that's not what it says. not what it said well that's what my my parents said well I'm sorry in all honor of your elders that's not what Jesus said oh well the church I grew up in or went to sorry that's not what Jesus said you shall receive power when when the Holy Spirit's come upon you when you're water baptized no when you attend gatherings no Holy Spirit has come upon you that's when this power to supernaturally testify and witness that Jesus is Lord and his kingdom is hand is upon you it's when the Holy Spirit's come upon you that's when listen in Acts 2 when Holy Spirit came upon them Peter said this is what was spoken by the prophet Joe and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your own men shall dream dreams and on men servants watch this and on maid servants I will pour out my spirit notice the key there on I'll put my sauce of the kingdom on them when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you shall receive power dunamis where we get our word dynamite from the power The power to overcome the obstacles to the Father's heart and the goodwill of God for you and I and people in our sphere of influence. When you confess Jesus as Lord, that's when? No, it's not what it said. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Peter had already confessed Him as Lord. He said, well, we were waiting to the fulfillment. Yeah. What about in Acts 8? When did it come upon them? When they received the word from Philip and the message of their salvation? No. When they were water baptized by Philip? No. When the Holy Spirit came upon them. It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power. Listen, you're not receiving Jesus. 
You've already received Jesus as king. You're not receiving salvation. You've already received salvation. Jesus is our salvation. It's now that you're in the kingdom to be able to testify to the one you've received and the one that's your king that you can't show people. You can't say, see, here's my Lord, here's my king. You can't physically show them. He's not here on earth. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So the only way to to demonstrate the reality that He's King and Lord is you have to have the sauce of the kingdom upon you that causes your witness to supernaturally testify that Jesus is King and Lord. It's receiving power to be. It's receiving power to march on missions. It's receiving power to witness supernaturally. And it is the difference maker, friend. Do you know what saucy means? It means boldly smart. See, the baptism with the Holy Spirit ain't anti-intellectual. Intellectual. It's not anti-intellectual. It's not anti-rightly like study and understand the Word. It's not anti-that. But This is how you're boldly smart, though. Boldly smart. And it means also insolent. We need some believers in here to get saucy and to get insolent against depending on their own natural ability. You can talk to a friend for 10 years, but when you get saucy and the Holy Spirit is upon you and the Holy Spirit leads you how to testify that Jesus is Lord, it's the difference maker, friend. It's the difference maker. It's like these hamburgers. You know how I can know which one's got A1 on sauce on it or not? It's not because I was there when they made them. And it's not because I was there when they put the sauce on them. Do you know how I can know which one is saucy and which one's not? Taste it. Hallelujah. See how quick one that, that went down? That was a whole different taste and experience. I'm going to tell you individually. I'm going to tell you in you living out what God's called you to be, of witnessing to others. I'm going to tell us as dwelling place. We can either take the long route and the very difficult route by trying to depend on our natural ability to talk about Jesus and to tell the community around us and to tell some of your siblings and family members around you that Jesus really is Lord and King or we can get saucy. And it's the difference between you walking here this morning and how long that would take, how frustrating that would be in the rain, how tiring that would be and the difference between you getting in a car and getting access to some power that don't just come from you but it's being supplied to you through that vehicle. That's the difference of the sauce of the kingdom. That's the difference of allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon you so that you don't just talk about Jesus but you're empowered to supernaturally to be Jesus, to witness to Jesus. Come on.
as a church, we got to be saucy. That's why God, I remember in the beginning, I said, God, why? Woodstock, there's quite a few churches here. We love the churches here. We pray for the pastors. Pastor Craig meets with several of the pastors weekly or bi-weekly. But God didn't call Dwelling Place Church to get where He's called us to get, the slow way and just the natural way. He called us to get where He's called us to get by being saucy. By the empowerment of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And I want us these next minutes as they sing for us to stand up and I want us individually to repent of where we have not prioritized the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Where you and I have depended on trying to tell people about Jesus or trying to obey Jesus or trying to be changed by Jesus by actually depending on the natural instead of the secret sauce of God's kingdom, the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.